An unexpected arrival puts Laris on the defensive. She will need a new ally and more than a bit of luck to complete her mission. I pull out my protocol droid head and ask, are you capable of detecting communication jamming equipment? He has to actually switch over to a few different languages. Lucky for you, you know quite a bit of them because his vocalizer is broken. So he switches over to something that's a lot easier on him, which is a series of clicks and blurps from a, of a binary processing unit. And basically he's saying, if you're able to get him to the security office, he should be able to help you. So from here, I've gotten the ray shield emitter mm -hmm. that I needed. Are there any other... No, the crystalline emitter was the last thing you needed to create a ray shield emitter. Okay. Uh, so you have everything you need. The good news is, I'll also give you this, the welding that was done to this door to close it off, uh, they welded that terminal. The terminal wasn't welded in this area, so you can go to it and actually jury-rig it to open from this side. Great. That's so you open step. it up so you don't have to go through that assembly line again. You walk right out, and you're back into the droid facility area. So I want to go to security because I know I've got the Jeffrey's tube shortcut. Yes, you head off towards security, you go through that Jeffrey's tube, and it brings you straight to the uh, security center, and you set down the protocol droid, attach him, and he tries to get the sensors up. In order to get the sensors back online, he activates emergency power throughout the facility. He reaches out for the sensors, and he says that is a class of fighter that he is unaware of. And he brings out an outline of it for you to see. As you look towards the security terminal, you see that the docking bay doors are finally opening it up. Probably Bone tried to slow him down as best as he could, but he couldn't do it for long. Uh, so just as you see the readout of what this ship looks like, you also are seeing it pull right into the docking bay. And what you're seeing in front of you is a TIE Advanced. They're like TIE Fighters, but they can actually go into hyperspace. People could actually live in these things for a couple days if they needed to. But this is a little different. Like the TIE Advanced V1 is what you're uh, aware of. This looks like it's been altered. So this is, might be something what you know of as a TIE Advanced X1. And the only one that you ever known to exist was driven by Lord Vader. I feel like that deserves a fear check. Yes, go ahead. Make a fear check. This is going to be hard as soon as you realize that this could be Lord Vader himself. I got a triumph. And two threats. You feel your breath stop working, and then you hear Mal Turok's voice in your ear, breathe, focus, breathe, focus, and you start analyzing the image in front of you. And while this is a TIE Advanced, and it's not a V1, this doesn't correspond with what you know of the X1, which is Lord Vader's personal craft. This seems to be almost a prototype or maybe a, the middle ground between those two. Or maybe it's just kind of modifications done by someone else. This is an Imperial, but this isn't Lord Vader. And as the ship lands and the cockpit opens up, climbing down a ladder is a hulking brute. But it's not Lord Vader. Again, thank the stars. It's a human he is giant, muscles on muscles, easily seven feet tall. And as he turns, he's looking around. You definitely notice kind of it looks kind of like bone marrow along the front of his nose, uh, probably a mutation of some sort. So he probably was raised on a planet in the outer rim that has a higher degree of radiation to it. 
he moves a little bit like a bodybuilder, not graceful, but hulking. And you notice that he has rings around all of his limbs, several of them on his arms, legs, two on his neck, one around his waist. Uh, you can roll a, you can roll medical if you want. And this is average. Two successes and a threat. You know what these are. These are muscle emitters. They basically boost your strength by a ridiculous amount at the cost of future pain. You know people who have used these extensively develop arthritis, bone marrow diseases, things like that. But for the short term, it allows for a human to almost lift up a speeder if he needed to. Great. And seeing that this guy is already muscular as hell, he could probably lift a lot more. This man stomps towards your ship, and you see the one of the lone front blasters lower down from your ship, turns towards him, and fires. And immediately, he reaches for his belt, pulls out a lightsaber, activates it. It's double-bladed. And then it begins to spin. That's an Inquisitor blade. He easily deflects and throws it forward, slicing the cannon in half. The blade comes back to him, he catches it, and he walks towards your ship menacingly, and you're watching this from the security terminal. And you see him stop as he notices your footprints in the dust. Then he looks and he holds a hand out towards your ship. You could see him speaking, but you don't hear anything. He pulls the device off of his belt and places it on the closed ramp of your ship and steps away. If you zoom in, you notice what he did is that's a mag lock. And what a mag lock does is if you put it on a door or a ramp... It does not let you lower that ramp. So he's locking the door of your ship. It usually requires either a bioscan or a handprint to unlock it. And he turns and he starts following the footprints. He's heading towards the security corridor. Laris should be able to judge how long it will take for him to get to the security office, judging by the way he walks. Five minutes. All right. So I'm back in the security terminal area. Mm -hmm where earlier I shut down all the security protocols. Yes, yes. I said there was 20 individual droids that were wandering around. You saw a few of them that I didn't say earlier, but you saw a few of them kind of slumped over in the engineering area. I turn to the protocol droid and ask, what is the code to summon all security droids to the security terminal? You know what? You saved his life. Uh, you, you didn't leave him behind. So I'm not going to make you roll to try to... He's absolutely on your side since you didn't... You could have just left him there. And you've plugged him into the terminal, is yes. that correct? He says, with binary again, because it's easier for his vocalizers, he tells you that he is activating a security summons. Uh, would you like to target the intruder? Yes. He flickers a little bit, his eyes dim, and then suddenly you hear an alarm go off. And as you look towards the terminal, you see some of those droids that you had deactivated. They turn on and they twist and they start stomping quickly. Some of them are rolling. These are old droids out of the engineering section and they're heading towards the, uh, the security uh, portion of the office. And you see the man who is stopped. He's at the barracks. He's about to enter the barracks. He stops and he looks around and he growls. And then he spins and looks towards the camera, holds out a hand, and he throws once again his lightsaber towards it and it flickers off. The protocol droid who is still hooked up to the terminal informs you. 20 droids. 20 droids are trying to stop the target. And then again, this is all in binary. Mm -hmm. 19 droids. 16 droids. 10. 8. When he gets to, to 10, so obviously this is not, uh, it's delaying this guy. It's not stopping him. So I'm going to take advantage of the delay because I know that I left footprints. Laris wasn't worried about covering her tracks, literally. So she's just going to take this advantage of let's get out of here. 
so now that she is aware that there is a threat, now is the time to start covering her tracks. Mm -hmm. She is going to take a rag from that mechanics kit mm -hmm. and she's going to quickly wipe down the floor where she'd been walking back and forth. Mm -hmm. Someone has obviously been here, but that person has now obviously covered their tracks. She wants to grab the protocol droid's head and she's going to hop back in that Jeffrey's tube and hopefully there's no more footprints indicating which way she went. Great, yeah, yeah. So you start crawling through it and you just exit into the engineering area where you hear a large roar of an anger. As you guess, he's entered the office and found it empty. I'm going to roll to see if he notices the Jeffrey's tube. Uh, it's versus your stealth, so that's a purple and a red die. And I'm also going to give him a setback die because you wiped everything down. He gets one success. And you look down the Jeffrey tube, and the Jeffrey tube is a long, straight shot. It's very, you, you know, you had to squeeze through to get through, and you see suddenly the panel rip out and a man stick his head down through. But I did say he was massive. He did. And he tries to push himself through, and he realizes it's not the best way of doing it. And then he just gives you a long grin and shouts, I'm coming to get you, puppy. Hey, if he's going to take the time to talk and do something stupid like that, that gives me time to shoot him. Go ahead. <laughs> this guy has to have armor. You are hitting his face. Like, he does not have armor on his face. So you're going to have a disadvantage because you are firing down a lone corridor, so you have to make sure the shot doesn't go wide. Even if a little bit off, it's going to hit something. So it is not an easy shot. He's far away, so you have a So strength. one setback die. One setback die. Ah, huh? oh, man. Fail, but an advantage. You shoot, and it just misses him, and it hits a wall, and it explodes kind of in his face, and he pulls back, and he snarls, and he slashes at the panel with his lightsaber, but that's about it. And then you see him dart. He's running. And the way he took off, it was like a blur. He's clearly using the force to get to where you are, and he probably knows that you're in engineering. Okay, but I know engineering better than him, and obviously the door is the most obvious place to go. I'd like to posit that I left the door open, the one that goes into the next facility. Yes, the the foreman's area. Yes, uh, so the one that, that came from the foreman's area, uh, I left that open, so hopefully he will just go in there, and I'm going to go hide up in the droid assembly area. Great, great. You leave that open and you try to try to be stealthy about it because you're trying not to leave tracks. Of course. I mean, you already have tracks everywhere, so. Uh, yeah, I've crisscrossed this area a couple of times, but I'm hoping between the crisscrossing of the tracks and an obvious open door that he goes that way. What's my difficulty? Three red, I guess. Oof. Three failures. An advantage and a despair. <laughs> okay. Larry's ain't so good. At, she's not as good at hiding as she thought. She, she got a little cocky with the whole, ooh, I wiped down my tracks. Larry starts climbing because you had to climb eventually yes. the first to get there. And, and you're pretty cocky because you were easily able to do it. So you're climbing up the scaffolding and you're just about to reach that assembly line tunnel that you crawled in earlier when suddenly something gives way. Something breaks on the scaffolding that you were on. It falls out under you. Now, you said you got an advantage. Is that correct? I have one advantage. Hanging from the ceiling are basically unused parts. Legs, droid legs, droid arms, droid heads, stuff like that. You're able to reach up and you're able to grab onto a leg. And you're hanging there in the middle of the room, too far to swing your way towards that tunnel. 
and it's a long way down. And then the door opens. The man walks in and he looks up and he sees just Laris holding onto a leg that's connected to this assembly line. Laris, make a perception roll. <laughs> Difficulty? Three purple. Two successes, two threats. Laris, you're hanging there. And you see the man turns towards you and his lips peel back into a grin. The emergency lighting in this room is red, so it is a red glow. And as you look down at him, your eyes trail a little bit over his shoulder, and you notice the controls to this assembly line to turn it on. Oh. Laris pulls her blaster from her holster, and she's going to shoot at the controls. Okay, so first off, are you going to aim? Yes, I'm going to spend one maneuver to aim. You know what? what? I'm going to take a point of strain so that I can do two maneuvers. Great. That gives me two maneuvers and an action. So I'm going to spend two maneuvers aiming to give me two boost dice. Okay, great. Yeah, this is at medium range, so you should be able to still hit it. But it's a small target, so it is going to be hard. And you hear Mal Tarak whispering in your ear again. Breathe. Focus. Breathe. Focus. And you fire off a shot. (laughs) Two successes and a threat. The Inquisitor pulls back as kind of... Not worried you're shooting at him, but he's, you know, he has some self-preservation. So he kind of steps back, kind of to show you like he's too quick for you, not realizing you weren't trying to shoot him. And the shot hits the controls. And you suddenly hear beep, beep, beep as the assembly line starts up and you grab onto the leg with your hand again as you hold it. You need to kind of use both hands and you start moving towards the assembly line tunnel at a pretty breakneck speed. And you hear no puppet, no puppet. And you look back and he pulls back his lightsaber, throws it again and it's spinning towards you. What? You got any armor? Nope. Ah! One success, one advantage. He hits you. So seven damage as it glances around, uh, glances on your thigh. All right. I've got two soak. Woot. Uh, you can't soak this because- uh, That's right. Because- yeah. uh, mm, All right. So seven damage. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. I know what lightsabers do. So it, you feel it cut into your side and you let out kind of a silent scream as the blade swirls around and it's flying back towards him. I'm going to see if I could shoot it out of the air. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. This is hard. Oh, oh yes. And this that is, is going, fair. And okay, this is hard and you're at a disadvantage because you're moving and it's moving. So good luck. I will use my last destiny point. I got an advantage. You fire and you do hit it. You don't damage it, no. but it, it you hit the blade and it's enough to basically hit it off course just a little bit. So when he goes for it, it he kind of bumbles it. He still grabs onto it, but it's not that smooth Inquisitor Rebels television show where you spin it and he's ready to go again. He bumbles it a little bit, giving you enough time to slip right into the tunnel and he doesn't get a chance to throw it again. Excellent. Now – The way this works, the way this whole assembly line works is you enter the machine and it starts going, but under you, you can still walk under the tunnel. He just can't see you. Laris is actually about to let go of the the, the droid because she doesn't want to go into the next room. She knows the next room is going to give her a headache. Right. 
So she's just about to let go and walk on the, the flag. Nope, nope, no, you don't want to do that. Because just as you're about to drop down onto the assembly line itself, a lightsaber, spinning lightsaber blade suddenly rips through it as he's walking under the assembly line tunnel with his lightsaber up. And it's kind of like a lightsaber fan's chasing after you, smashing and slashing everything. So you're just kind of held on. You can kind of try to push yourself forward and jump and land and you could start taking off running because he's going at a slower speed right now, but you assume he's going to try to speed it up to get you and cut you in half. So you're probably going to have to swing. Uh, you need to do an athletics check to swing off this thing Oof. and start and, and, and land in a run. The difficulty is average. One success. You jump forward, land on the assembly line, and you start booking it down this tunnel, kind of twisting yourself through all the, uh, the no, the droid arms. The droid arms are actually alive in this now, the, the little tools, <laughs> the zappers thing. So you're dodging through them as they're trying to zap down and fix whatever it is you are. So that's going to be fun. Uh, so yeah, you quickly make your way dodging tool after tool as it tries to zap you and bolt you. Make one more athletics check to see if you get grafted. Two failures. Take four uh, damage. Uh, you can soak this. All right. As you feel uh, one of the gra- uh, the welding torches slashes, slices you across the arm uh, as it's trying to dismantle you. But you stumble forward and you get into the magnetic corridor. As you approach the uh, magnetic corridor, you were, let me just say, you were taking three points of strain the longer you were in there. You should, if you bolt, if you just run as fast as you can, you could probably take less. Oh, I hope so. So you would need to make an athletics check uh, hard because right now he is cutting through. He's getting to the very end of where he can cut under you because then he's going to be reaching a wall. Um, and that's where the magnetic corridor is. He can't actually cut underneath that. So you need to make a uh, run roll to try not to take as much strain because I think you're only at three strain left. Yes. So, yeah, this could knock you down. The magnetic things where this might hurt your cybernetic too much. Trying to figure out what if I can do anything tricky to help me here. Absolutely. Give myself some kind of advantage. But speaking of the cybernetic, the crystalline emitter that I grabbed, it was designed to protect a droid brain, right? Yes, it was. So are you putting it on top of your head like a fish tank? Yep. You put it on top of your head. Absolutely no. That's brilliant. No. You you can get through this. No strain. You run through this magnetic <laughs> thing. Absolutely. You feel a little weird because it's kind of – it's a little foggy. It's fogged glass. But yeah, you stumble. Just run through this corridor. Not a problem. And you jump out onto the main room and you hear a, a annoying growl and you as you turn towards the wall behind you uh, you see a lightsaber start stabbing through it but this is thick walls these are thick durasteel walls and he's trying to slowly cut through it but it's going to take a long time to get through that way all right and then you just after about a minute you see him give up and you hear and you assume he's going into the tunnel after you all right uh Laris takes off the, the fishbowl and puts it back in her pack. She looks around. All right, so the pipe that she tried to climb earlier, that's broken. There's still those crates there. I pull open the bag again to address my protocol droid friend. Where's the activation for the electromagnet? Uh, he says the foreman's office. I'm going to go climb up those crates again. Yep. Uh, go ahead and make an, This is uh, high intensity. I'm going to flip one of these. 
I'm going to upgrade uh, one of those uh, purple dice. This is average to a red. One success and a threat. As you're climbing, uh, the crates kind of start falling under you, but you're able to pull yourself over the railing, but you bump yourself again. You are, you're, you're bleeding, you're, you have a lightsaber wound, you're bruised, but you stumble towards the foreman's desk where it's still left on, and you tap away quickly uh, towards, uh, through the controls. You get to the magnetic activation. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any cameras in this room yes. so I can see what's going on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is absolutely a camera that, that they have a camera inside the magnetic uh, area. Uh, so I'm going to wait until I see my hulking friend enter the magnetic area. Yeah, he's already halfway through. Oh. You seem like he's he's in pain because he has cybernetics everywhere, but he's stomping through by the grit of his teeth. Uh, but he's about he's he's about halfway through. I slam the button that activates the electromagnet. The electric magnet activates, and suddenly the man is picked up as if he is being force choked. He goes pretty much spread eagle. Every limb wants to go a different direction. And you would guess that this would tear a normal man apart. But maybe it's the force that he's using, or maybe it's just pure muscle that he's able to keep himself alive and held there. But he is duck and he's growling and he's trying to get to his lightsaber but he can't move heck the lightsaber is already stuck to a wall and he's just kind of stuck there then you just hear a roar of anger and then after a second you hear puppy pop it can you hear me is there a speaker yeah you there's a speaker oh. uh, there's a speaker that you can uh, use yep uh, so laris activates the speaker yes and your voice echoes throughout the entire base. You're using the basically the base intercoms. It's Castian here, the traitor. You and I are the only living beings on the station. Good, good. Listen to me. I am the tenth brother. I am the Inquisition. You work for us. Correction. Previously, I worked for you. But was that your choice? What, what did Castian tell you? Why, why did you run? He must have poisoned your mind, yes? Incorrect. We know what you are. You are a tool of the Empire. You would never betray the Empire. You are a good functioning tool, yes? Yes, you're not, you're not dysfunctional, is that correct? Correct. Then there was no reason for you to run because it was Castian we were after. He must have told you the wrong thing. What did he tell you? The information that an admiral requested that Castian retrieve from a mining facility was being used by incorrect parties to frame us as rebels. No, no, no. Listen to me, Laris. That wasn't it. Did Castian tell you that he murdered the Imperial allies on that slave ship? That's why he was being executed and he escaped. He is a criminal. He is a bad person. Incorrect. No! He is a traitor. He stole your life from you. You had a function, a purpose, and now what are you? You're nothing. You're, you're following a man who tricked you. He wants to be good. Good? What is good is what the Empire wants. And what the Empire wants is your purpose. The, the Empire... We will welcome you back if you help us, that you, if you help the Inquisition retrieve this traitor, you could have your life back. You could have a purpose, a function. Run the calculations. Run the calculations. Ugh. 
What are the chances that you will survive if you helped me capture Castian? That I am a man of my word? That you will be repurposed as a tool for the Empire? 22.3%. And what is the chances of your survival if you went with Castian? Now that we know what ship he's in, where he's at? Approximately 11.2%. Then there is no choice. Release me. Help me. I know he's on Dathomir. A ship matching his description went to Dathomir, and then I followed it here. Help me find him. Run the calculations again and tell me what is the logical thing to do. How did you track the Howling Gundark? What? From Dathomir. A ship matching the Howling Gundark was seen in Dathomir and they left, and then I got notice that there was a break-in in a nearby facility. I... This was my, me investigating. You took initiative. Yes! And as part of your initiative, did you follow Inquisitorious Protocol Alpha 529? I I just came here! Excellent. And I'm going to flip this last destiny point so that hopefully this will just happen. And Laris is going to poke a couple of inputs on her array, and she's going to overload the electromagnet. So you're increasing the power. By a lot. You, you increase it from 100% to 250%. And you hear the scream of this Inquisitor and the wet sound of bone and muscle ripping apart before the systems overload and shut down in a attempt to save the system. I'm just going to do a clock sweep to Laris moving towards her vessel. And you reach into your pack and pass the head of the protocol droid blinking up at you. And he says, hello, madam. And you reach past it and grab the hand, the severed hand Mm -hmm. there. And you hold it up to the mag lock and it unlocks. Laris, uh, you have your supplies. And not only that, your eyes drift over towards the TIE Advanced that is now here. Would high advanced systems and parts be compatible with the Howling Gundark? Uh, well, there's a few of them that would work. Absolutely. You do need a new laser, and you might be able to retrofit that. Not right now. It takes some time into this. But what That's it right. Th- you broke my gun. <laughs> but what it does have is a Imperial Transponder. When the Maglock unlocks, Bone immediately drops the ramp. He's basically been blind with has no idea what's happening. So I like to imagine little Bone is there with his spanner weapon ready to go. Oh yeah, he's ready to fight. Yeah. Stand down. It whistles at you and it, it asking you just what happened and everything. I will explain later. Now we begin salvage operations. You limp by Bone cuz you are injured. Uh, you set down all the supplies that you gathered. Uh, including the protocol droid, you put its head on a table in the galley as you walk by. Uh, Bone whistles at it. (laughs) Hello! And you go into your room and you start peeling off your outfit and you look at all the wounds that you accumulate, the bruises, the cuts, the burn, that deep burn of that lightsaber. And it matches all the other old scarring from your time as an Imperial tool. The scar that runs directly up your spine into your uh, brainstem. The scars along every bone as they, you know, added 
enhancements, things like that. And you just stare at yourself in the refresher mirror for a second, taking a deep breath. As Laris is staring in the mirror and she's looking at these scars, most of them, as you described, are very surgical. They are precise. They are clear lines stitched very precisely. And and most of them are, are rather old. She has been in this uh, position for over a decade. So these are older surgical scars, but there is one on her right bicep where her her dark skin is still rather pink from a rather fresh scar and the stitching is rough. And Laris begins to to remember and she's visualizing uh, herself sitting in this very room with the sleeve of her jacket actually burned off. She'd been doing something that resulted in the, the entire sleeve being lost. And she has quite the nasty gash bleeding freely on her arm. And sitting next to her is Castian doing some very rudimentary, not-too-fantastic first aid. Okay, hold on, hold on. So I squeeze it here and I put the needle through. Stitches, this is the most disgusting thing. People are not pieces of meat. You're, it feels like I'm in a barbecue. Oh. It is generally seen as most efficient to not talk while performing surgery. Uh, well, it's either talk or I'm going to throw up, uh, but... I apologize for putting you through this. No, no, it's not your fault. The pirate got the jump on us. If without you, I'm... It's not like I haven't been hit by a vibroblade before. Just hold on. <sighs> it is possible that we need to do a diagnostic on my ocular array. We don't need to do a diagnostic. You, he got the better of you. It happens. Remember when that Duros clocked me with that board? I mean, a Duros nearly knocked me out. Do you think I needed a diagnostic after that? You're great. You're fine. You just got unlucky. Just raise your arm. We'll get the stitched up and then we'll put a back to pad on it. Acceptable. Laris remains silent for a minute or so before she looks back towards Castian as he works. Sir, may I make an inquiry? As long as you don't mind a scar, you can ask as many distracting questions as you like. The pirate. He realized we were more than we said we were in part because of my implants. He knew they were imperial in design. What's your question, Laris? With your current situation, would it not be better if you avoided someone such as myself— my implants could lead to your capture. Oh, yeah, well, Bone would be devastated without you. Laris tilts her head. You are using humor in response to an inquiry which makes you uncomfortable. I am seeking an answer, sir. There is no answer, Laris. You, I need you nearby. You're the best pilot I know. You can hack any system and... Well... Laris lets the pause hang awkwardly until she finally prompts Castian. Sir. We're friends, I suppose. I do not require friends, sir. Well, I don't require them either, but we accidentally became them, so I'm embarrassed for the both of us. I see, sir. Castian finishes off the stitches and wrinkles his nose in disgust. There, I think that should stop the bleeding for now. I will be more careful in the future, sir. Laris, it's fine. You're only human. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your pod chaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.